Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. And that is the voice that, where am I? I'm right here. There I am. I knew I was here somewhere. That is the voice of Dick Warren, and we just want to send so much love and care to Dick Warren's family. He's a legend here in these parts for his work in um, radio for low... 40 plus years in the industry and um, he passed away recently and we're going to keep that uh, intro as an honor of him and his incredible work not only with us but everywhere in uh, the world of media an extraordinary man and we send our love and our condolences to his family and uh, to him wherever he may be uh, my name is Christopher McAuliffe, and this is uh, the Coaching Show. I, I noticed that in the new studio, we got we got new lights, we got new everything in the studio, and I noticed that I'm still kind of like low key in the new studio. I'm kind of chill instead of the um, cutting edge stuff that you, my dear listeners, may be used to. So I'm going to try and get my energy up in in ways both licit and illicit. And I thank you for bringing your energy to. The Coaching Show, each and every week, bringing you the greatest minds in professional coaching and our related fields. We are uh, delighted to be part of Accomplishment Media. So if you did not find us there, immediately go to accomplishmentmedia.com. The, uh, it's a soft launch of the website, but the big launch of the website is coming right up. And, um, of course, you can find us wherever fine podcasts are available. I want to let you know a couple things. So uh, since we've spoken, I went to the ICF Midwest Conference, and we've got some great guests lined up. Some of the speakers there were amazing. A couple of them not so amazing, but those people aren't coming. So we'll get some of the most amazing ones. We're also going to get the conference organizers and talk about what it's like to put on a regional conference and how it's different from those of us that have either put on regular conferences or the, you know, the annual conference. We've also got people from the ICF coming to talk to us about the Converge, the ICF conference that will legit be global because it'll be in Prague, Czechoslovakia next October. That's October 2019. Make your plans now. I know I am and my family because if you're going to Prague, Czechoslovakia, why not? And what else do you need to know? We had the conversation among Masters Conference. We're going to bring those people there, including the futurist who says that uh, coaching is one of the first fields that will be taken over by AI, artificial intelligence. That's right. We may be out of a job, people. That's what the futurists are telling us. Um, it seems like I need to announce something else that's coming up. Oh, the ACTO conference also was held, the Association of Coach Training Organizations, and they had a little brouhaha about diversity, equality, and inclusion. And so that'll be a big topic for us. We're going to bring on people from every side of that uh, surprisingly divisive or divisive. Is it? Which is it? Do you know, Ross? Divisive? Divisive? I don't know. Get right on that, would you? Uh, Ross is our engineer. Clarice uh, is our producer. If you would like more information about our show at any point, please write an email to producer at thecoachingshow.com. That's the coaching show. Don't leave that part off. All right. With those notes. Oh, I can't. I always forget the most important part to our bottom line, which is our longtime sponsor of this show. The, this show has been brought to you for over 16 years, each and every week, bringing you people out on the cutting edge of coaching and what it is to develop humanity and leadership. And we've been doing that largely because of the support of one sponsor. Accomplishment Coaching is the world's finest coach training program. And it's not hyperbole. It's not something they just say. It's actually true by any measure. The success of the graduates, the number of hours of actual coaching received, actual coaching given to real life human. They bring in people 
from the world to come and be coached and experience coaching. And uh, I don't know of any other coach training program that does it. Speaking of which, they also do something else that nobody else does, which is you can go and observe the coach's training program in process. You can actually go behind the curtain. You can go see what's happening, be a fly on the wall, check it out in any of the following cities. Ready? Accomplishment Coaching is available, and you can go check it out in San Diego, California, America's finest city, Seattle, Washington, the Emerald City, Chicago, Illinois, the Windy City, New York City, the Big Apple, uh, Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, and God, couldn't they use some coaching right about now, including Victoria, British Columbia, up in Canada. Uh, we're delighted to be sponsored by them, and they're truly the world's finest coach training program. If you're looking for coach training or just excellent coaches, go check it out. Accomplishmentcoaching.com is the place to find all your the answer to all your questions. All right, with that, I believe that we are ready to move forward. Um, today's show, an interesting mix. We're going to talk a lot about leadership and something called intentional leadership. I'm delighted to welcome to our microphones, Gline, and it's a delicious spelling of that name, Roberts <laughs> McCabe. She's the founder and president of the Roundtable on a personal mission to create a movement of intentional leadership. She and her team are helping today's generation of leaders bring more conscious leadership to their work and the world. Hello, Glein. Hello. It's great to be here. Thanks for being had, as we like to say. Hey, look around <laughs> outside. Where, where do you find yourself today? Where are you in the world? I am in Toronto, Canada. I really want to go there right now. It's a beautiful oh, city. Beautiful here. Um, you are founder and president of the Round Table. Tell us what the Round Table is. Are there knights? Is there a king or queen? You know what? That's that is where I got a bit of my inspiration. This thought of you know people having your back. So um, you're probably familiar with a lot of those groups that are out there for CEOs, right? They have their executive peer groups. Well, there's Round one that Table... changed its name. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, the Roundtable similar concept. So we are leaders. Our tagline is where leaders cultivate their leadership together. So it's this idea of um, seasoned leaders who know what they're doing, getting together and uh, working through real time issues and being supported. So we have really three kind of core things that we do that are in the space of group coaching, group mentoring, and then team coaching. So that's where we play and uh, got a great kind of network of leaders here in Canada and starting to branch out in some other places too that are just all on a mission to make work better for sure. Can you uh, help us define those terms? I think we I think we throw around certain terms and as if we know what we're talking about, but what do you see as the difference between coaching and mentoring or or maybe more specifically group coaching and group mentoring? Um, great, great question. So we do throw around those terms a lot. So I hear a lot of people refer to peer coaching. You know, they, they've heard of peer coaching and that's peers coaching each other. Um, our programs, the way we define them, peer group coaching is a group of peers coaching each other. So you're going to have groups of anywhere from typically six to 10 people that are getting together and um, working through their leadership uh, development together and um, programming together. And same with our group mentoring program, as opposed to traditional one-to-one -one relationships, you're looking at a senior leader working with four to six 
leaders from across the organization um, through a combination of leadership learning, self-insight. I mean, I'm personally really fascinated, especially when we get into the mid-career stage of leadership. It's not about what you know, it's about what you do. We all know that, right? But I'm kind of curious, why do you do what you do? And so that's what uh, people, folks in our groups get to explore. Okay, so to to recap, the the idea of coaching is it's peer when you do it in terms of this intentional leadership at the roundtable, it's a it's peer to peer. But the group mentoring, typically there's a senior person involved. Am mm, I picking up that's what right. you do? Okay. And when you talk about team coaching versus group coaching, what's the distinction there? So with a group coach, we're taking leaders from across an organization. So you could have a group of eight where you'll have somebody from finance, somebody from HR, somebody from sales, et cetera, et cetera. When we're working with a team, we're working with that leader and that intact team. So it might be the marketing division or it might be the executive team. Um, it's a group that has to work together. And I think I find in the team coaching space, there's a lot of the emphasis is on um, helping the teams improve productivity, which is great. You know, that's what we need teams to do. What we weave in, because we are at the core, a leadership development company, we want teams to go on a journey of leadership development together, right? So we're bringing in a more of... I'm so sorry. We had a little glitch there. What, um, what we're talking about is the team coaching and getting the existing teams uh, to work together. Now, here's my devil's advocate question. When you get together a team, they've already worked out their hierarchy and their pecking order, so to speak, and their dynamics, right? Isn't that a harder group to coach, to impact, or to, or to shift? than say getting people from across, you know, one person from HR and one person from packaging or manufacturing? Yeah, I mean, I think it is different. I mean, when we're doing the group coaching, we're really being more programmatic. Mm -hmm. So with our group coaching program, what we're doing is really taking leaders on a journey together through their development. You know, the usual things that we do as a coach, you know, what you would do one-to-one, you'd do interviews, you'd do a 360, you'd have them set a plan, and then you'd work with them in a one-to-one environment. We're doing the same thing in a group coach experience where we're um, having them start with that foundation. But the difference is that they all sit around the table and they talk about the behaviors that they're working on. They support each other. They're able to um, start to coach each other in real time around those behaviors because we're all in this together. When I flip that over to the team, Absolutely. Like teams are not typically coming to you saying, hi, we want to develop our leadership. The, what they're coming to you and saying is we're not productive and mm. we've got issues or there's personality things or, you know, whatever might be happening. And with teams, um, what I find, which is interesting, is that, in fact, what's happened to us today in this world is that we have become highly transactional. We are not having meaningful connections anymore with mm. people. Mm-hmm. That's my observation. Everybody is moving at the speed of light. And when you get into work groups, what happens is that it's this transactional nature of work. You know, I need you to do this. Have you got this report for me? People are not connecting. They're not bonding. They're not supporting each other. It's um, quite Uh, to me, it's quite interesting. We've lost community. And so uh, what I find is with the teamwork, um, all all of the stuff that is usually sitting at the surface of team problems, like, oh, we don't have accountability here. Oh, we don't have decision making. When you peel back the onion, it's really around the relationships that are sitting underneath. And it's about how do we help leaders um, reconnect to that? How do we help people 
get back to more of that feeling of community um, that used to happen in work when you think way back in the day with the company picnics and um, all of those kinds of things that we used to do. All of that stuff, my observation has been a lot of that stuff gets stripped out and what we're left with is this very sort of almost robotic relationship to each other and to work. And so, um, yeah, the hierarchies are established, but often they're established on very flimsy foundations. And yeah. if you can pull a team apart to take a look, a closer look, um, they actually see each other as human beings right? I, that I are just that. wanting to go in and do good work together. I love that distinction. And especially we're doing it by our own hand. I recently had a, a, a complaint, so to speak, in air quotes from uh, my team, which was too many lunches celebrating too many different things. Right. We're celebrating people's birthdays and their work anniversaries and their, you know, uh, marriages or divorces or having babies or whatever. Right. And people complain now too many lunches. <laughs> Get us back to work. Um, OK, my bad. Right. Uh, yeah. So I appreciate where you're looking. One of the things that I know about you is that you're pretty highly famous and in demand. You're a facilitator, coach, an interview guest, a moderator. You're an author. Did I really sign up for this? Leadership's truth to thrive, <laughs> thrive, and survive. And a guest columnist for the Globe and Mail, Realizing Leadership magazine, and a former contributor to Biz TV Canada. Um, with all of that, how do what's the best way for people to interact with you? When people want to find out more about your work or want to reach out to you, how do we reach you? Um, you can go to our website, which is goroundtable.com, and that's where you will find um, me. And there's a section on there uh, called Get Inspired, which is a lot of our kind of thinking about leadership and um, quick tips and tools that you can do to just improve your leadership and, and expand your kind of view on what is leadership. Speaking of which, that you've uh, given me a beautiful segue. So you talk about intentional leadership. What is uh, that as opposed to, what do we got, unintentional leadership? <laughs> I think most people are unintentional. I mean, I think, I think at the core of great leadership is self-insight. And I think that the, the challenge though is sometimes we get the self-insight so we know that we're a Myers-Briggs uh, ENTP mm -hmm. or we know that we are a high D in disc or we're red right. in colors <laughs> and um, you know that then also then that or a seven on the Enneagram I'm sorry Look, keep going I'm just <laughs> or I'm a, you know I'm a Capricorn right <laughs> um, it, it, I, that sort of thing I think what what I observe happening with leaders is it becomes this excuse well this is I'm a fiery red line you just have to understand mm. and I think when what we have to recognize as leaders is that leaders leadership is situational and so what made you super successful and you know I'm quoting from the you know the altar of Marshall Goldsmith That's here what, right. what yeah. got you here won't get you there is very true I think though that a lot of leaders do not recognize that fact they do not take into account that as soon as you have a new CEO come into the organization as soon as you're reporting into a new manager as soon as your company is getting dive bombed by a competitor all of those things start to sh demand a change in how you're approaching leadership. And if you do not know how to flex your style and flex your approach, and if you do not have an understanding of the behaviors that you're going to have to be very intentional about demonstrating, you will find yourself in trouble. And I think most of the time I'm working with leaders, it's not that they've done anything wrong. It's that the, you know, I find work today is a little bit like quicksand. You know, you think you're doing okay, but then all of a sudden expectations have shifted. They've changed. They've grown. Own. You know, we're very demanding around productivity in our society today. And I think for leaders to keep up, you know, it really uh, requires us to understand our approach, 
to understand what our biases are within that approach and to know how to grow and develop new relationships. And I'm not talking about being fake and being inauthentic. You just have to recognize that, you know, when you're hired to do a job, there's two sides to that balance sheet. There's what you do and there's how you do it. And my observation is the how's going to get you into trouble in your career if you don't adjust. It's an important message and really clear on the ground. I love, you know, so many people talk about leadership as kind of ethereal broad brushstrokes, and I, I appreciate any specificity you can give us about on the ground, you know, where the rubber hits the road. One of the things that you've given us is a notion of ditching your mentor. Now, a lot of people, when they get into an organization or they get promoted to an executive or a high are identified as quote-unquote high potentials, they're told immediately to go get a mentor, yet you're telling people to ditch them. What's up? Yeah, I think I think the mentor line is a, a lot of garbage, actually, because when you actually talk to people who will say, oh, my gosh, I had this amazing mentor, they didn't have a mentor. They had a sponsor. Mm. It's very different, right? A, a mentor in in the way I would look at mentorship, I can mentor a ton of people. What is mentoring? It's it's telling you what I know. It's passing along information, my wisdom, meeting, right? That's meeting what I'm doing with you 30 minutes you. a month. I have no right. skin in the game. Yeah. I could you know, sit and tell you how to do group coaching and you can go off and do it the way you do it. My name's not attached to you. You can go and, you know, take what you need from me and, and uh, do it. And I can do that with lots and lots of people. Um, sponsorship, when I'm sponsoring you, it's my reputation now that's attached to yours. It's me who's now suddenly connected. So I think when, and I think for minorities and women who have been sold this line of you need a mentor to get, get ahead, it's an absolute, you know, bill of goods that's been sold, which is why, you know, I really got fascinated with group mentorship because one of the biggest barriers for people has been this lack of access to informal networks. And so the way we've tried to solve for this is we have tried to create um, mentoring relationships. Oh, you don't have a, you can't get an informal network, let's hook you up with a mentor. The problem is, you know, how do you cultivate sponsorship? You cultivate sponsorship because the person's seen you in action. They'll say, you know what, I haven't seen them do this, but you know what, I'll bet on them because I bet you they can do it. There's something that they've been able to see you demonstrate it. That's why when women or other groups have complained about the guys having access to play with their boss on the basketball team after work or right. in Canada, it would be on the hockey team, <laughs> um, to go for drinks after work or to play golf. Why is that an advantage? Well, it's an advantage because when I'm in those situations, I am getting to demonstrate my team playing skills, my communication skills, my leadership skills. I'm getting to demonstrate a whole bunch of things in real time. If I am just, uh, you know, in the organization and I'm only meeting with you one on one in a meeting, you will hear what I say. It's kind of like with coaching, right? Like when we coach people, they can tell us what they did. But if we don't see them in context, how do we know? How do we know how they're showing up, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the same, I think, for, for individuals that are really wanting to get ahead. You need to get yourself a sponsor, and that's and the way you get a sponsor is by having people want to back you. So they need to see you in action. They need to see you doing something. That's much more powerful than a mentor, in my opinion. And what's the, what's the you know, I appreciate you going to the how because it was clearly on my mind, but what's the, what's the, easiest path you know a lot of us we only see the you know 
high-level execs rarely, if ever, in an organization or only at a you know all-company meeting or something. How do you recommend people get some visibility to people who could be influential in their career? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a few ways. I mean, I think one of the things that you can do is to um, look for those opportunities to get involved in things that have visibility in your organization. I work with a lot of high potential people that really feel they don't have time to do other things. Right. You know, they're so busy delivering on the work. But there is something to be said for getting on the organizing committee for, you know, the charity drive that right. your company does or getting some visibility to get to do different kinds of leadership um, roles that may be outside of your job. I think the other thing, too, is to ask people to be your sponsor. They will tell you what you need to do to demonstrate um, whether or not they'll back you or not. And it's funny because I've asked a lot of senior leaders this question. You know, how many times have you been asked to be a sponsor to somebody, not a mentor, but right. a sponsor to somebody? And the number of people that have um, most executives have been asked, but the interesting thing is it's all by men mm. you know the I think this is where um, you know women and and minorities and others just need to start to step up and find their voice and just go and ask what's the worst thing that can happen the person's gonna say no sounds too simple but sometimes that's all it takes and then if you are in a mentoring relationship and you want to convert that person to be a sponsor invite them to a presentation you're doing. Ask if you can do a ride along with them at one of their meetings. Don't make it all about the one-on-one -on -one meeting because that's not going to give you enough exposure and it's not going to get them exposed to what you can do, what you're capable of. I'm uh, very eager. It would be remiss of me to not talk about just generalized trends in leadership and leadership development. Leadership development, you know, I've just come from a couple of conferences and leadership development is a huge driver for both internal and external coaching and it's rapidly evolving. What are some of the trends that you're seeing? What do you say is the future of leadership development, at least in the next, um, I don't know, foreseeable future, the next few years here? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really an interesting time right now. And one of the things that I've been noticing, you know, I've been doing my group program for 10 years now. And when I started it, we've always been fairly niched on the mid-career leader. So that person who's 30 to 45, let's say. And so now when I started the business, they were closer to my own age. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, they're, now they're all still 30 to 40 in their early 30s and I'm much older. Um but what I noticed that's a really interesting difference is the, the motivational differences um, within this younger group. I think the stereotype that we have of leaders is this idea that as a leader, and certainly um, for those of us who've been around the block for a bit that are Gen Xers like I am, you know, we're pretty comfortable being in that kind of directive leadership role. That's what we grew up in, grew up in under the baby boomers, you know. And yet what I see with younger leaders is that they are much more of a pull strategy when it comes to leadership. So rather than pushing down command, they are much more collaborative. They are much more interested in team. They are much less interested in hierarchy. And so what I notice in that, that from the perspective of somebody like me who sits here wanting to push things forward and get things going is that it's 
different. It feels different. It feels slower. It feels like the way that they make decisions is too consensual. It's too collaborative. Hmm. But this is a, a trend that I see really across the, um, the board with younger leaders, less of a desire to be in kind of what we would consider formal leadership roles, um, much more team-based in their approach and, and belief around leadership. And the other thing I see, which is, I think, uh, a really, I think what's showing up in mental health issues now is very, very hard on themselves, very high demands in um, young leaders. And so I, I don't know how much in terms of the pressure that organizations are putting on people around this performance-based culture, I'm not sure how sustainable a lot of this is going to be. And I'm not sure, I think the other value set that I'm really seeing peak up that a lot of my large clients are struggling with right now is, um, you know, they're not as willing to be as mobile as previous generations either. You know, they're, they're not going to move to um, move their families across the country hmm. um, as willingly as perhaps um, previous generations have been. Family and um, connection to family it seems to be a much stronger value um, than some of the, you know, generations that are, that have gone through our programs previously. So I think all of that has a number of implications for organizations as they hire, as they think about critical, critical experience planning, as they think about, um, you know, what leadership, what is going to be the leadership competency that's going to be valued here and what's it going to look like? I think it's going to be quite different. Well, Glenn, it's been very educational, very useful. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing at the Roundtable and elsewhere. Uh, we've got about a minute left. I want to give it all to you. If you had something to leave our 50,000 or so coaches with today, what would you have us take on? What would you have us consider? What's your parting thought or parting shot today? All right. So one thing that I've been thinking about as a coach, and I, I loved your opening comment about AI putting us all out of business. I think what we have to do as coaches is we have to start coaching the system. I think we need to stop thinking about individuals one-to-one. -one. I think we really do have to broaden our view and look at how we can coach the collective. That is going to be the future of coaching. So my encouragement to my fellow coaches out there is to really start to um, consider how you can help leaders support and coach each other and be a um, conduit to that. Because I, I do think if we're relying on powerful questions and active listening, AI is going to boot you out of a job pretty quickly. I think it's the intersection between all of the different systems that our leaders have to operate in, which is going to be the future of coaching. I really believe that. Be beautiful. Or should I say, that was beautiful. Um, all right. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us from Toronto today. Once again, the website is goroundtable.com. Find out more and just get some inspiration for yourself and your uh, work today. Thank you very much for being with us. That's Glein Roberts McCabe joining us here on The Coaching Show. We'll be back right after these important messages with more of today's edition. Stay with us. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict 
standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. <laughs>